Dave. Hello, everyone. Is that really you, Dave, or is that the inflatable Dave Kleinschmidt that I... It is. You see, yeah. <laughs> it's got the wind thing, the uh, air blower blowing into him. Yeah, I've, see, I've seen you out in front of the tile store. Yep, that's me. And the tire store, the tire and the tile store. How are you? You you look actually you look very lifelike. Oh, you thank you. Saying so yeah. yeah. Just... This is actually my painting shirt. I st uh, trying to finish the cabinets using the helmsman spar urethane. Thank you, helmsman, for providing polyurethane. Yep, I think I'm done. And why are you painting the cabinets or polyurethane? I stain them first. Yeah. And well, sealed them. Weren't they already stained? Uh, they were horrendous, Jeff. Horrendous. Literally dirt smudge. I'm like, why is that pattern of the wood all dark around the handle? Because <laughs> it's all grime. That grimy gook. And I'm, I'm scraping it off with my thumbnail. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? Uh, I wasn't even quite aware this was on here. Yeah. Oh. Got all that off, and then uh, the you know the water drips, making it all light in places, and all good now. But still, it was the cabinets were still holding your food and other things, right? And the doors were still on. Yes, I had to repair one door and a, a two well a, a door that goes like this that cracked, oh, yes. kept getting pushed against the slide out drawer. Yeah. It never got pushed in all the way or something and then crack. And then a regular drawer somehow came apart, but yeah. all fixed. You are a good man. Look at look at the joys of retirement. Oh yeah. Actually, I know you would do this stuff anyway. You just wait till the weekend and do it on the weekend. But now you don't have to. Now you can do it during the week. And during the weekend you can Yeah, or summer. It. Summer was the big painting time. Yeah. Did you spend your points for Star Wars game Thursday night? No, I didn't. Yeah, Dave and I are playing Star Wars role-playing game. We just started with Mike Rizzi as the game master, or what do they call him? Do they call him a game master in Star, Star Wars? master? Seems like know. everybody's every game's got their own word for it. The Sith Lord? Yeah, maybe. Yes, and we have points to spend. No, I haven't spent them yet. I got to do that. Maybe after the show today, I'll go do that. It's a good game. Yeah, it's interesting. And it made me get kind of interested in Star Wars. I mean, I can't keep up with all the lore of Star Wars. You know, I mean, gosh, it's just so much content. Just another one of those instances where there's so much content. I started The Mandalorian. I got about three episodes in. Robin said she didn't really dig it. So she may not continue. And then you mentioned something of reminding me that we had said we were going to watch it together. So shall I, shall I hold off until we can watch it together? Yeah, probably, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that was the first thing canceled when COVID hit. Our, yes, we our plan to get together. Yeah. yeah. For a whole day and watch TV, which is unusual for me, but. Yeah, that would be hard. Unless you pop popcorn, then yeah. I'm there. <laughs> if you pop popcorn, I will stay in my seat, firmly affixed. Well, and I don't, maybe we can now. I've gotten my first shot going for the next one uh, on Friday. It's, it's, time, Friday. it's time to figure out what the next step of gathering is, right? Like I know how this basement's kind of tight, you know, what it, what are people comfortable with? And so all those conversations are starting. So that's kind of good, I think. Yeah. Yeah, though the head of the CDC said yesterday, came out and said, and she was almost in tears asking us to please don't rush things. Hang in there a little more, folks. In there. Mm. So, Well, and I'm looking forward to the movie today with Megan, so I'll have popcorn for that watching. Yeah, me. you're going to be watching uh, What We Do in the Shadows, What They Do in the Shadows, is that what it's called? Uh, I don't know, but it's the movie. Yeah, the documentary, the, the mockumentary. That should be fun. Yep. Should we get on with the show then, sir? Let's do. What's we have in the uh, world of ESL. Some rules to look at. Okay. It's time for rules. You 
need the rules to play the game and put your opponents to shame. They might seem hard, but that's okay. We're gonna learn them anyway. Rules, I have determined that rules are not for me. Ah, they are a challenge, sir. The challenge is actually the memory issue. If we had super brains, this yeah. would be a cinch. I have <laughs> forgotten more ASL rules than you will ever know. Something it, like it, yeah, yeah, just something to that. But yeah, know. I've decided, you know, it's a free, uh, I'm standing by this, Dave. It's a free country. And you're free to, I can play any way I want. <laughs> well, as you know, again, Jeff and and Dave Timonen have been very diligent in double checking all the rules when I'm prone to go. Ah, eh, let's just say it's this, and it is kind of fascinating, as we said on the last show too. And then I found some stuff from dispatches from the bunker. Mm. Rereading some of these issues, and there's a new one out. We're not reviewing that today, but this one. This Carl Noriega wrote about the Aguera. Oh, sorry, Richard, your name, Noguera. Um, about heroes, their neg one they get applies to their own shot, which I had just told Dave last week that he can't apply his own modifier. He's saying he can. Oh, here in this article, uh, must be true if it's in the article. Well, he this he, Carl is very thorough. Very yeah. thorough. And he even says here, one of the things is still in dispute. He says there's um, uh, five exceptions to their being not being able to be pinned. And if they're moving and then they get wounded and they've already used more than their wounded movement, they are pinned. Um, that there's collapsed huts will pin them. That if they do the Panzerfaust check and roll the six... That pins people. That counts on them. Okay. Um, and uh, and so they don't pin if they're moving, and they get a pin morale check. They don't pin. Yes. Basically. And and for some other cases, anti-tank magnetic mine check would also pin them. Okay. Their morale level never drops, even if they find themselves encircled or in friendly OBA. I forgot that your morale drops when you get hit with friendly OBA, because I know I did that with Mike Rizzi. Right. And we did, not, we did not lower the morale of, I think it was my unit that I, whoever. Yeah. Man, so there's something else for you. Um, and they can, of course, pick up an ATR that gives them the long range. If they shoot the ATR of 12 hex range, they can fire it as a hero. They get to add the neg one modifier at that long range. Oh, wow. And there's no plus one for them to fire that weapon. There are plus ones for other weapons. You check that chart. But then he points out at the end here that a hero can fire a gun, captured gun, as an enemy crew. So there's no... Uh, non-qualified penalties. They count as enemy crew, which means really they just get the rate of fire, the two off the the break number, plus two to hit, and lowered rate of fire by one. So if they can run to an enemy 82-millimeter mortar, they can fire it with two rate of fire. <laughs> just a hero. So you got to think about think about that stuff. That's pretty sweet. So anyway, they do get their neg modifier. Thanks, Carl. New issue of Bunker Out Not 36. I don't know what they're on now, but someday we'll cover that, I suppose. But we have so much more to cover today. Yes. Yes, we do. Including morale. Okay, you've got some morale rules for us? I do. Let's start at 10.1. Okay. Morale check. Task slash task check. Every personnel unit has a basic morale rating on its counter. And what do you have to do, Jeff, when you get a morale check? What is that? You, you have, have to roll. The, you have to roll two dice and get that number or lower. Otherwise, you have things that happen to you. Yes. Well, if, you, if you fail a morale check by rolling 
greater than the morale level after modification, um, what three things can happen to a squad? Well, they're demoralized. Uh, they can be uh, ELR failure. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's not even on this. The obvious one, if my morale is seven and I roll an eight. Yeah, demor DM'd. A break and DM. Yeah. And if I roll boxcars. Uh, half squatted. Or are yes. you, yeah, half squatted. And if, if I am half squad, gone. gone. So it's all those campus you're home in a box, very small box. Yes. Uh, what do we call it when a player throws in the towel before the game is over, Jeff? That would be that's called Jeff's rule <laughs> of resignation. <laughs> it's called failing a personal morale check, a PMC. <laughs> is that and what they call that, really? It's not in the rule book. It's just yeah. common vernacular. Yeah, I guess it's been a long time since I've heard that. Vernacular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Failing your personal morale check or the wife morale check. Right. If a unit checks morale in order to be allowed to perform some action, it's termed a task check. And failure of a task check results in what? You can't do the task. You may not. You may not do that task. Yeah, I do that around the house. And Laura says, can I vacuum? I say, let me check. I'll check do a task check. But do they, um, will they automatically get marked with a TI counter when they're doing a task check? Yeah, well, I don't know. But what this does yeah. say is that it prohibits the unit from attempting other any other action during that phase. Yeah. Exception final protective fire, or a patsy. Um, I guess you have to take final protective fire, and patsy would happen in the advanced phase, not the movement phase, maybe? I don't know. That's, maybe that's why. 10.2, leader lost morale check, leader lost task check. Who checks morale first in the stack? Always the leader. Always the highest leader first, and then the lower leaders next, and then the squads. That was my next question, so I'll go to the one after that. Doesn't oh um for each leader eliminated, whether by breaking when already broken, a mortal wound or any other cause, after a resolution of that attack, all other friendly personnel units with a currently lower morale level and in the same location or same moving stack during first fire takes the leader loss morale check. Right. And there are exceptions to that. Riders, passengers, climbers, circus performers, and units at a different level or in close combat. The circus performers don't. Uh, that threw me. They're usually in a different level, like on the on the high wire. Bees, or, yeah. Yeah, they're not usually in the same location with the leader. Do passengers take or cause a leader loss morale check? or task check to fellow passengers of the same vehicle. I can't even believe you're asking this question. So it's yes. Yeah. OK, yes. <laughs> so say that again. The passengers. Passengers. So there's a passenger. Yeah. Cause fellow passengers of the same vehicle to take the morale check, task check. Oh, OK. And it's yes. Yeah, okay. they're like in the same location, I suppose. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Can that leader getting killed affect the passengers of an adjacent vehicle? No. Is a leader loss morale check always based on the unit's current morale level? Uh, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Even if that unit is broken or has reduced or an sure. increased morale level? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Things can go from bad to worse. Always, especially when we're playing. Yes. Then is when the leader is eliminated, let's say, does his negative leadership modifier count on the next on the leader loss morale checks? No. Yes, it does. 
Oh, it does count. And it's inverted to a positive. Okay, yes, okay. So when so next leader will give you a plus two on your morale check. Yeah. Yes. Right, right. Watching the best leader on board get vapored, vaporized is uh, definitely a harder check to pass. Does a leader that's eliminated or broken during defensive first fire cause other units in the same location to take that morale check, task check? Uh, first fire, so I guess they're moving together in the same stack. Yes. Yes, if they were moving as a combined stack, yes. Yes. And what happens should an unbroken leader break? To the rest of the guys in the stack on a break not an elimination oh okay but the, they just have to take a morale check task check that's to see if they pin so when he's killed it's the morale check ah uh, oh i forgot about that that's right yes yes yeah. yes okay is the task check all unbroken friendly personnel with a lower morale level in the same, I think I forget the lower morale level. Yeah, yeah. I think I just have everybody check. That's what, that's what I remember. That's probably why I don't remember the rule at all. <laughs> yeah, it would be lower morale level in the same location. Actually, you do remember the rule because we, we just did it a couple games ago. And I think you were the one like, oh, that's a task check. Um. Yeah. Lower morale level in the same location or moving stack must take the loss test check. Exception if exempt from pinning. So I guess if you're a fanatic, yeah, or a yeah. hero, hero would not check. Right. And then what happens when they fail the <clears throat> task check? They're flipped. Nope, they're oh, not. Fail a task check. Yeah, this is the task check. Pinned. Pinned. So, example, a good order, nine egg, one leader, is stacked with a 658 and a 467. Their location is attacked with a 1KIA. Random selection determines the leader is eliminated, and both squads are automatically broken, because on the KIA, everyone else in the stack is broken, like what happened to me yesterday in our game. Mm -hmm. The broken 467 must take a one check as its leader lost morale check, which will reduce it to a broken Half squad if it fails. So they take both their broken because of the KIA, and then they're taking the leader loss morale checks too, which half squads them then, making it even worse. The broken SS squad, the 658, need not take a loss morale check because his current morale on his broken side is now a nine. And that's not less than the leader, nine egg one. I am sure I've been screwing that up. There's a detail. Yeah. Yeah. Got to watch for that. Yeah. Got to check the chart. There's always a chart. With the uh, rule 10.21 leadership dial modifier, do you get to count all the leaders combined together? Like you have a 10 neg two and a nine neg one. Does that give you a neg three on any shooting? No. No. Nice try, but no. May a leader apply his own leadership diro modifier to his own morale check? Ah. So you got a nine egg one. And, uh, I'm gonna no. No, no, unless he's a megalomaniac, <laughs> in which case then he does apply his own modifier because he thinks he's so cool. Yeah. Although he may apply the leadership to an unbroken leader of higher morale. What? He may. Sure, I guess. <clears throat> but I thought the higher morale had to check first. Yeah. That's what rule 10.22 says. So I guess when the higher morale leader, the 10 neg one, no, nine neg one checks. So if it's random selection, let's say it's random selection, the lower one. No, this that would only be to kill someone, KIA or calf squad. Right. right. So this would be everyone taking a morale check. Yeah. If you have an eight neg one and I guess a nine o commissar. No, but there's different rules for commissars. 
But it says, unbroken leader of higher morale, which happens to be in the same location. Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a higher higher morale leader. Yes, that's fine. The 10 neg 2 can affect the 9 neg 1. Yes. Oh, yes. Sorry, I screwed that up. I'll edit that out. Um, morale check failure. 10.3. Okay, rule 10.3, morale check failure, which we've sort of have talked about, but personnel which pass their morale check are unharmed, though they might be pinned. If they roll equal to the number. Right. But those which fail are immediately inverted and they become broken. With a DM counter placed. Put a DM counter on them. Um, now, what about Japanese? Does that same count for the Japanese? Ah, no, they go to their striped side. That's the wonderful thing about the Japanese. Mm -hmm. uh, what if a squad is waiting and they break? We just did this in our landing craft rules. Um, they are half squatted. Right. Uh, what if they are, I actually don't know the, the uh, answer to this one. What about Berserk? Yeah. Half squatted or eliminated if they're already half squad. Okay. And they keep coming. Yes. Landing craft passengers. Broken. I actually. Uh, I don't. <laughs> we just, we just taught this. Couple I know. Shows ago. I know. Uh, we'll come back to that. Yeah. Uh, an already broken unit that fails a morale check, what happens to them? Half squatted. Yeah. Or eliminated so, if it's a half squad. Casualty reduction. Casualty reduction. That's the term. Okay. Right. Because a leader would be wounded, I think. Although, yeah. Check my notes on that. Okay. So I always like to read these uh, questions that, that come from journals and stuff like that. And Perry says and stuff. So here's a, here's a question for you. Put on your thinking cap. All right. Broken conscript half squad takes a four morale check and rolls an original two, the snake eyes. Uh, yeah, fa fails the morale check and suffers casualty reduction. So is the heat of battle die roll? Oh, snake eyes. The reduction, does that, does that still get applied? All right, so you roll snake eyes, which is heat of paddle, and then it's a six, and it's broken morale sides of five or four. Yeah. Right. I'm going to say no, just eliminate them. Yeah, that, 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 that is correct. No heat of battle would occur, okay. which makes sense if you follow. Uh, I always, I don't always look at the oh, uh, AS. ASOP. ASOP. But if you think about it logically, you think, yeah, this should apply before that applies. So you don't have yeah. to go to it every time. It's usually the case if you lose, use a little common sense, which yeah. isn't all that common. But uh, Okay, casualty morale check. If an unbroken personnel unit rolls an original 12 during a morale check, it suffers what we just referred to as casualty reduction and is broken. Or it's eliminated if it's not subject to breaking. And this is another one where the, the exclusion would be a hero or berserk leader. A hero or a berserk leader is wounded. Wounded. And then a wound check severity, five or six, he's dead. That's right. Uh, after any unit replacement occurs, which may be required by ELR failure. Yep. Okay. If a broken unit rolls an original 12 during a morale check. Half squatted or eliminated if they're a half squad. Yeah, that's right. Then uh, broken units are flipped over and going forward, then they use their morale level printed on the reverse side for all their task checks and morale checks and which rally is, attempts that they make until rallied. Which is usually lower except for Americans and SS, perhaps, maybe a few others. Yeah. Broken units may not attack. Uh, they cannot move unless they're going to rout 
during the route phase or withdraw from close combat. Uh, broken units may not carry anything. Well, they may, but... And if, like the light machine gun, not a heavy. Yeah, they can't carry anything in excess of their uh, inherent portage points. Which is a good strategic thing to maybe ha have, when you have those mediums and heavies, have a, another little half squad waiting in the background to advance in there and start manning that weapon when the people who originally were there route. That's that's a very good point. Not that I remember to do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, otherwise, it's got to abandon it, anything else. Um, if it's carrying two or more support weapons, which together are greater than its IPC. Uh, it drops whatever one, so it's within its IPC? Let's see, it says here, it must route with a combination of support weapons of its choice exactly equal to its IPC, or failing that equal to the highest number of portage points it can portage, which is also less than its IPC. That's a okay. very convoluted way of saying. Just pick the one that's... Pick the one it can carry. Less than your IPC. Yeah. Once it starts its route, a unit may neither recover or abandon a support weapon. So you can't drop it as you're routing. Yeah. that you. Would, I always remember the scene in Little Big Man where the guy, which we still have to watch, and I, promise, I think you'll like it more than After Hours. Okay. <laughs> but he's got his rifle and on the stagecoach and they're being shot at by the Indians and the guy next to him's like, fire the rifle. Oh, and he's just afraid. And then it's like, well, give it to me. And he's like, no, it's mine. It's always my line. You've heard me say that multiple times. Yes, I have. Can I can I just take this broken guy and give the weapon to that good order guy? No, it's mine. And on they, it. they will not abandon it or hand it off. Yeah. Yeah, they can't even drop it, which sneaky people try that. I'm gonna route this way, drop it by this squad, and then roll over here. Okay. No. Okay, voluntary break. This is 10.41 units. Within line of sight and normal range of an armed, unbroken, known enemy ground and or adjacent to an unbroken enemy ground unit may voluntarily break at the start of the route phase. But they, and I didn't realize that there, that was a restriction. I thought anybody could voluntarily break, but it, break, oh. but it has to be units within line of sight and normal range. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess you have to see a threat. That's the way to remember that. Yeah. To route. Bob Holmes from won a game, voluntarily breaking, was able to route toward the exit area the guy had to exit. Whoa. Miraculously rallied just in time, right right there to lay a you know, four down two shot on whatever and won. That's a pretty cool win. Unless you're the loser. Yes. Uh, but they can only do that if breaking will not cause their immediate reduction or elimination, which kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, let's see. We're going to, uh, I guess that's it. 10.4. Okay, we finished off the morale section. Next will be uh, rocking. But if we know, yeah. Started, yeah. No, I think I think we skipped routing. Did we? Well, okay, so that's coming I, up. Yeah, look, yeah, that's going to be a nightmare of sorts. <laughs> right. Yes. I mean, it's it, we play it pretty easy. It's usually easy until you get a complicated situation, right? Here's what I thought we might do: is we might do it and ask people to watch it. We might reproduce on Vassal the routing example that they use in the rule book. And follow all the different examples, because on the in the rule book, uh, I can't remember what page it's on. I've looked at it so many times. It gives lots of different routing examples, and we could try that. Maybe. Yeah, maybe so. Um, fun way to do it. Okay. And that's a segment we call. Was is in das box. Was ist es in das box? The box has something in it. 
Is this it? Uh, yes, sir. That came in the mail. Who sent that to you, Jeff? Well, this comes from the United uh, Postal Service. Yep, they're wonderful. They're a sponsor. But we would like to talk about Bounding Fire Productions. I've been playing lots of those. You see them in my Twitter feed, and we can review some of those games here and there on the show. Uh, you may want to order products from Bounding Fire Productions. Currently, Mike and I, are we finished the Objective Schmidt, and we are now playing the um, Blood and Jungle. By Bounding Fire Productions, just a whopping package, yeah. all kinds of good things in it. Lots uh, of Japanese paras and uh, some new vehicles, weapons, and a ton of scenarios that are so far seem pretty tight and fun. A lot of variety. So there's also some new nationalities in there. And this is a good time to buy from Bounding Fire Productions because Easter is coming, spring is here in the northern climes and it's a perfect time to buy yourself a little something stop Absolutely. giving your money to other people for no reason you can put it in your easter basket if you're you a or you a, just an easter celebration person the um great articles by the way jeff remember i think i had sent you some photos of some of these paragraphs going oh look what else we haven't been doing right on the law of the jungle yeah by Chaz Smith about, yeah, the pillboxes, detection, recovery, ambush in the jungle, and articles on the new Axis Minor troops from Thailand, Indian National Army, Burma Independence Army, Thai Army, etc., etc., etc. Bounding Fire Productions. Even if you don't get to play all of those, it's fun to read about them. Definitely the investment. Just this magazine you get with it is, is yeah. worth the, the money. So this pack comes to us. This uh, what's in the box item comes to us from Michael Sprague. And he includes a letter here. Dear Jeff, uh, Dave and Jeff, included is a copy of Yankee ASL Nor'easter Pack 2 for your review. The pack has 15 scenarios and three geomorphic boards. The design work is done by the Yankee Gamers and Bunker team. And you can look at their website. They've got their very own website at www.yankeegamers.org. And he said, but we got help from the team at uh, LFT to help us produce the pack. We have zero experience printing a board, so they help us. We really hope you enjoy the pack and get a chance to review it on the podcast. Please be kind to my first published scenario, Legion of Doom. So oh. let's make a note of that. We'll be extra kind, Michael. Michael, you Sprague. Very active on Twitter. Yeah. People can get their very own copy of the uh, on the LFT website or at Ritterkrieg.com. Ritterkrieg. And the advantage of ordering from Ritterkrieg is that you can get free shipping Order multiple products from Ritter Creek and free shipping on that. Not going to beat that anywhere. You can find all kinds of products there. Lots of LFT products. All of the um, MMP, Multiman Publishing, ASL products, in case you didn't know, MMP. Um, <laughs> I don't think he has the dice towers anymore and all some of those cool things. But yeah, that stuff comes and goes. A smorgasbord of smorgasbord. And as we showed last show, uh, some of his um, newsletters are. Uh, yeah, his write-ups and uh, blog articles or stuff are very entertaining to read. Yep, you can get all kinds of products. Yeah. Uh, Michael goes on to say, uh, thank you for what you do for the ASL hobby. We hope to see you at a future Nor'easter tournament. Sincerely, Michael. P.S. I included two copies of this letter. One is to Dave and Jeff, and the other is to Jeff and Dave. That way, honor is satisfied. But I like you have to fight over who gets to keep the scenario pack. I, I, very I, very I nice. like the, the, the address, uh, address um, um, salutation of the former letter that you mentioned. Um, who gets to keep the pack, Jeff? Do you? Usually it's me, but. Yeah, I think, you know, you've. You, can I keep this one? Oh, this, these are very nice boards. Hey, I, I have not, this. 
I pulled the scenarios and I have pre-recorded myself reviewing them. Oh my god! And I did not look in there, so I want to be oh. surprised. Bring that up. I got to get this. These are, well, there's one board in here that is immediately uh, distinctive. Should we start with the boards? As long as I yes, sir. Yeah. How about the cover? Is it worthy of box art review? Not today. We don't have time. I got so excited with the boards. Let's see. Ah, uh, no box art review. It's just a picture. Yeah. It's not just a picture. That's a picture of uh, a very handsome. Ooh, who is that? <laughs> is he famous? Should we know him? We Ray Eubanks. Uh, wait, the guy from that game show on TV? <laughs> Not Bob Eubanks, no. This oh. is Ray Eubanks, his sister. Oh. No, his... Wait, wait, I, I read that. I read that. He's yeah. a hero. He's a hero in one of these scenarios. Okay. Yeah. He got. He earned the Medal of Honor citation yes. for uh, an New Guinea. Yes, I, I will be reviewing that scenario here today. Okay. So he's he has the honor of being on the cover there. He lost his life in that engagement, I believe, in uh, July. His, his date of death is July 23rd, 1944. Yep, that'll be the scenario. So first I've seen of this, so I haven't had a chance to read through this. But um, What else is inside? Just details about the production? And... and then there's another. There's a Corporal Tony Stein. That might be Tony Stein that's on the cover, so it's who also won the, uh, killed in action in 1945. And I think he also got the Medal of Honor. There's a letter inside here from Harry S. Truman, president of the United States. That's possibly him on the cover. Uh, nice write-up here on those two heroes that appear. Okay. Little history report. Yeah. But the boards. This one is distinctive right away. Look at the color. Yeah, is that desert? Is that my screen? Is that my color blindness? Instead of the usual uh, pea green, this is more of a um, a yellower green. It's not quite as. Is it all cratered? Uh, there, there. Yes, there are lots of shell holes. And boulders are called cracks. Yeah, crags, there's crags, there's shell holes, there's, uh, looks like marshes, or, yeah, marshes, I guess they would be, or swamps. Uh, brush, maybe, yeah, there's two different, or those, is there hills, too? A little bit. Yep, there's some crags. Oh, there's slopes. And slopes, yes. So, just a ton of stuff, uh, on this board, let me just see. This is yeah. board. Is that desert? Do they? NP3. Let's see if he talks about it here. I think there's a mention. This board is not so standard. Dark brown hexes such as G1 and H1 are hillocks. Hexes such as B7 and D6 are valley hexes. Uh-huh. And uh, they could also, yes, so there are valley hexes, there are gully hexes, numerous slope hexes. And they use it in the scenario 22-hour review, uh, Russia, Murmansk Oblast, Russia. So maybe step kind of terrain or something? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. cool. Cool. Very different. Very nice. But the color is uh, in here. I'll just and again. Uh, yeah, I, you're I listening, not watching. You can see is color of the standard board. Color of this board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was wondering if it was desert. So you're going to want to buy this pack definitely just to get the board yeah. that stands out from all the other boards in your board collection. Uh, and then there's NP2, which is, uh, you know, much more standard. Rain, spread out village. Yeah. Nice. Lots of crossroads. I was reading that Enchanted World series, and they were talking about uh, night creatures and things, and uh, crossroads were considered a place you could bury some scary things 
in a graveyard near the crossroads because then they would be confused which way to go to get revenge. And they sometimes buried vampires upside down. So as they dug out of their caskets, they would dig down into the earth and then die of not getting any blood. Is that true? Yeah, you didn't know that probably. It's not in any vampire movie I've seen. Yeah, I mean, these are... It is from folklore and legend. And my Uncle Joe, we had to bury him face down. You did? From coming back, yeah. That's a little creepy. <laughs> well, I have a weird family. So then there's board uh, NP1, Ooh. which has lots of... Now that one, look at that. Um, lots of woods... Uh, looks like they're doing palm trees there instead of orchards. There's some and, hexes, some swamps, some kunai dense jungle, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Can I see that backside there? Because I, I did the scenario for that. Yeah, that one. Uh, it's got like a road going through the. Is that a river going through the kunai and a gully or a path? Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's unique also. And a hill over there, yeah. Yeah, depression. Looking out over the grain. Yeah, I see a path going into the kunai also. So being very creative uh, with their boards on this pack. Buy it just for the boards. But there's more than just boards in there. There's scenarios, which you have done a review on or a, an overview of. Yep, we'll pl we'll play that recording I made. And uh, besides that, uh, everything very high quality. The scenario cards are printed in color, which is really nice. Yeah, Dave's got one there. Very good quality paper. You could even spill your beer on these. And th though this is... You wipe it off quick. We're European size. I think they call this A10 instead of uh, 8.5 by 11. That looks like... Oh, 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 yeah, LFT does that. Here's, I got the, um, yeah, so when I put them in my binder, see it sticking out above the uh, bunker? 11 and I, a half. I sliced them off. Oh, did you? I, I sliced them, well, I, not this set, if you're going to keep it, but I, I, all the past ones, I have a ton of LFT scenarios. I slice off the bottom, <laughs> a little off whichever spot I can to fit them into the paper, um, Protectors, page protectors. We got to get together on that with the uh, rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, it's only LFT, I think, so far. Although we got to break into our Italian packs from Advancing Fire and the new... It's where we have to get them up soon. So much to do. Well, should we take a look at the scenarios that I recorded? Let's do. All right. Yeah, let's take a look here. We got uh, Nor'easter Scenario Pack 2. It picks up with um, YASL15. This is a slim. This is taking place in the uh, part of the war where the uh, Russians are invading Poland. They're going in, I think they went in on the 17th of September. This takes place on the 27th. Uh, 40 kilometers or kilometers from the Hungarian border in Poland. And the Russians come on in, uh, they wanna just blow their way through, killing lots of combat victory points. They wanna get more points than the Polish. And they also get points for exiting along A1 and A6, I think it says there. And the special battle orders or Don't tell MMP. Uh, our environmental conditions are moderate, no wind, but these wooden fence hex sides, I am not familiar with. I have not looked through the pack of uh, the Nor'easter games yet. Did they come up with uh, the wooden fence rules? Anyway, they're treated as hedges, with a few exceptions here. And the Polish get this ammo shortage in the last three turns. I like that idea. You know, near the end of the battle, they're starting to run out of some ammo. That's super. And they got a captured German machine gun. Now you can use your bounding fire productions um, counters with this or the ones from Broken Ground, the Polish from there. Nice. Uh, all infantry force for the Poles on this uh, NAT gun, 37L. 
reinforcing armor for the Russians. Come on, they start with one vehicle and four more. Come on, in two groups. What would these be in 1939? Probably the KVs, uh, BT5s, T26Ss, M37s, BT5s. Yep, small armor, two, one. You know the score there. Nice graphics on this counter art. I wonder if that's uh, published by Le Frank so they've been doing their own kind of counter art. Well, actually, this starts with scenario 14. So the first one actually is um, Yesel 14, Suzuki. No, it's not Japanese. It must be a Polish word. Poland, September 4th, we know the invasion happened September 1st from the Germans. So you have basically an infantry force of Germans coming on with one Panzer 1B tank and defending poles of the Cav Brigade, Mazowika Cav Brigade uh, is an armored brigade. They have two armored cars, the Ursus with the 37 gun on it, boards 69 and 70 entering no crazy special rules, uh, no kindling, no AFV voluntary abandonment. I've seen that more often in some of these scenarios. And Polish and first line have assault fire. Seen that in several ones also. Again, use your counters from Bounty Fire Productions or the ones from Broken Ground. And that would get us to Yassel 16. Legion of Doom. This one seems particularly fun. This is a five and a half turn game. It is taking place on October 3rd, 1941. Uh, the Croatians, I believe, are the Axis Minor troops here. And they have some little cav, get a little taste of some cavalry, only three horse counters to deal with there, nine defending squads that um, Set up on or west of the Hetero EE. This is on board NP2, special board. And the goal here is the Russians can't take a lot of casualties and more Nate and the Axis Miners win a game in if there are no unbroken Russian units in buildings of Hetero's M to Y. That's where the Russians set up. And the Axis Miner can earn CVP for prisoners only, which are deducted then from the Russian CVP total. Uh, the wooden fences are again hedges and interrogation is in effect. Always fun to have that going in an ASL game. Um, the Axis Miner's heat of battle die roll is treated as a zero and really shows the brilliance of the designer on this scenario. Um, using the special scenario rules, Vochi 22, Valor of the Guards 22 and 23, and has the, and if you check those rules, they are the inclusion of the NKVD uh, multi-man counters and the A plus one commissar rule from Valor of the Guards. And you can see they've included them there. So adds a nice little flavor to that. This is, has to be one of the most brilliant scenarios I've, I've ever seen for sure in this pack. No offense to the other designers like Jim Povey and Joe Gochinski and Steven Johns, but this one, I don't know who designed it, but great, brilliant. Uh, yes, well, 16. And if you liked uh, good old Hill 253, I don't know, what was that original squad leader take the Hill one? I, I don't know. Uh, Hill 200, Gateway to Rzev is uh, by Jim Povey. And this is uh, August 1942. Got your Germans setting up on the further, a little bit out from the west edge. Uh, they're probably going to be up on the hill. Or, well, the Russians win by taking the hill, all level three hill hexes, or exiting 16 points. So, you got to cover two possibilities there. The Germans uh, shouldn't be hard. It's a half board, you know, for width of the game. Uh, Germans do get an 88L. Haven't played one of those in a while. And a, a lot of fortifications. You can see here. Minen. Achtung, Minen. And um, wire. 
and fast pulls and some reserves come on. Always fun to have that. I anticipate the reserves popping on there at the end. This game takes place in the mud. There is an opening game barrage, which I think is just represented here as special rule battle order B. After all set up prior to the Russian turn one, the Germans take a pin test check. Failure of it causes loss of concealment and loss of hip. So they won't be breaking or so on, but they'll be revealed. Wait, is that all? Yeah, not, they won't be pinned. And elite German infantry have an anti-tank magnetic mine capability. Against what? Against the Russians. Got 10 conscripts coming on the board. Five, four, four, sevens, four, five, two, sevens. And the T-34s, M41, 1942. I don't know when they made their debut, but six of them. Six of them coming on at 88. It's going to knock anything out, though. And a 37 LAT gun, a 75 infantry gun. No AP, use that on all the uh, swarms of the Russians coming up that hill. Could be time for a human wave. And this looks like a fun little action. Indirect Panther, Y-A-S-M-19. This little puppy is designed by Robert Kedge Johnson. Germans win by controlling great equal to three of these hill hexes. Here's this board 5A, and they got it shown here with so probably pulled that image off of the vassal where you can check because first i thought is this comp group um let's see uh share or the one that has the white side or is that the hatton whatever and you got your 15 russian squads heavy medium lights atr mortars light mortars four at guns set up can't be hipped can be in place because little story here that makes it fun, an indirect panther, the title so appropriate, is the fact that down here in this special rule or the battle results, the um, German guy was a forward observer in a panzer artillery tank, and he was uh, an OP tank op observation. Thing I should know that um, he was untrained in tank gunnery. But he noticed two camouflage and tank guns, two of the four up on that hill. And then he just fired using his indirect fire techniques. Oh, yeah, using the indirect fire techniques he did know. Because he didn't know, I guess, how to direct fire. He's just like a you know, observer dude. Um, and he continued to then fire using that way. And, and um, it makes it really fun. So there are two special rules that go along with that, uh, guiding how you do the to hit. He gets area fire but he doesn't have to take the half firepower penalty showing his lucky effectiveness with it or skill no offense to walter share kenhart the hpt fuhrer whoever leader dude um observer and so that's fun one you got 20 german squads also eight Turn scenario, so that's going to take up some of your time. If you're looking for a medium to larger scenario from this pack, and it looks like a great one. Now, in YASL uh, 18, I did 19 already, got them out of order there for you, but it's recon on the logging trail. And now, jumping over to the Pacific Theater, Bougainville, uh, March 1943. So that's the US and Japanese. Uh, seven and a half squads for the Americans and seven and a half for the Japanese and eight concealments for each. Ooh, sounds evenly matched. Well, here's the deal with this one. Um, to win, the Americans want to get more victory points than the Japanese and it's combat points. And victory points may be earned per battle order C. In addition, American personnel are counted as exit victory points at game end if they're on or adjacent to the logging trail and um, good order Japanese personnel are counted as exit victory points at game end if they're on or adjacent to logging trail south of Hexro Q. Americans north of Hexro Q so they're battling it out over this thing and the fun part here PTO light jungle the logging trail is comprised of all the hexes of the former road depiction that runs along this part of the board, NP1. And it is um, 
Japanese cannot set up hip. And then you bid, have this bidding process to secretly bid the number of victory points to move first. So I guess you're gonna give victory points to the opponent to go first. Then, now no unit, unit may use double time until after you get a line of sight to a known enemy. So they're just moving along normally. And then any American with a DC is fanatic. That's special battle rule. I like that one. Don't you want a guy with a DC who's taking the risk to be a little more gung-ho than all the rest? And so that could be really fun. You got to make a little bid. You want to go first. And then how many points are you willing to give up to think that advantage could give you? Recon on the logging trail, Vic Provo. Good job, Vic. Now, here's another interesting one. YSL 20, again, Nor'easter. Um, Bruja, Bru, Bruy, Bruy, Bay, Brujaha. Mike Puccio has done a really nice job on this. It's in Norm 4. I don't know where that is. 1944. MacArthur coveted Norm 4 Island for three airstrips it possessed. I guess I got to get into my history books. Um, but so you have some American parish eras, but they're not dropping. So you don't have to do the airdrop rules. It's too bad, actually. I like airdrop rules. This group enters from the west, I think. This is board, what is it, MP1 and then 6A, the wide ones, the Fortenberry things laid out this way. And uh, some foxes. This little group of Americans sets up initially around hex, uh, G16 on 6A. Three squad, three and a half squads, medium machine gun, a little mortar, consuming three foxholes. I like the special rules. They treat the foxholes as like uh, rally terrain, route terrain, and they have um, uh, Americans can set up in the open grounds if it's concealment terrain. Uh, the single man counter is heroic at start, and uh, PTO, of course, Japanese have a little group set up on this board, and then another group on this board. To win, the Americans want to have at least one squad equivalent of the isolated platoon, that little group with the foxholes, still around. So either within a hex of that starting area or any whole hex aboard NP1 because the aftermath or the battle results talks about the heroic efforts of uh, Eubanks, Sergeant Roy Eubanks, Silencing a machine gun, Japanese position, and then armed with the BAR, he launches a one-man charge to knock it out. Mortally wounded, so very heroic. He's posthumously awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor. So somehow he helps that little group to escape, I suppose, and that's why he's heroic. Nice work on that one. And ASL 21 is Ted Wilcox's uh, scenario, matter of honor taking place on these two boards, 71 and 73, which looks like it's all like um, this bottom one. It's all orchards. I don't remember this one. I don't remember this board at all. How unique. It's all like palm trees, groves, great crops, board kind of thing. And the Americans are the Marines. And they're coming on here. This is Guam. And they're coming on. July 44 course, light jungle, huts are wooden rubble. All wooden buildings and huts are wooden rubble. All stone buildings are single story and gutted. This place was bombed the heck out of. And um, Americans have a 100 millimeter OBA, high explosives, white phosphorus. And on turn three, they get air support with napalm. Three fighter bombers with napalm. Automatically recalled at turn four. So they're there for a short time, but there's three of them, all with napalm. And to win, uh, the Japanese can take out 36 combat victory points, which would give them a victory, or uh, the Americans control 20 of these stone building, rubbly things that you battle for the city. Cool. Got all your Marines coming on. 
four tanks, Japanese get four pillboxes, six trenches, two DCs, Americans get a flamethrower, three bazookas, and oh, oh wait, that's a that's a flamethrowing tank down there too. And scenario 22, where the reindeer dare not go. You know where they really don't want to go is to like um, with that coach in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger who's so mean to everybody. They don't want to go there. And they also don't want to go to this place in Murmansk. Murmansk Oblast, Russia, October 11, 1944. Tom Morin, venerable scenario designer, presenting us this one which is again how do people keep coming up with unique stuff in this in this asl world but they do um battle objectives russians uh win and game in by getting three of these things uh road clear the road of shovels and mines uh, no good order germans in a pillbox exit 12 victory points no german crew has a gun with line of sight to the road or russians amassed 15 cvp so accomplish three of the five no i like it i like it um if you get confused by trying to track what you need to do this scenario is not for you you know if you're playing a game and then you're like oh was I trying to take that building? What was I, like me, going up, you know, from, from this level here in the basement, uh, oh, I have, an, I have to go do something. And I go upstairs and I get there and I'm like, what was I doing? So if that's, if that's you playing squad leader, you're finder on turn three, you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> what was my goal? Am I, am I trying to take those buildings or am I trying to not get killed? What, what am I doing here? Don't, don't play this one. You have to pick three of those victory conditions. So, um, wow, Germans, um, trenches, eight, two pillboxes, wire, minefields, AT guns, couple, the normal stuff with all the Shrek, oh, Shrek, and you know, mortars, guns, blah, blah. Infantry, the Soviets uh, enter on or after turn one. 11, 12, 13 squads, a flamethrower, and five tanks. What kind of tanks were we getting here in October of 44? You know, actually, my glasses are bifocals, so why, why am I doing this? Because I can't read with my bifocals. Oh, here we go. KV, oh, screw it, KV85 and ISU152. Two of them, and three of those KVs. 85 L's. Nice firepower. Pick your objectives. What board? NP3. New battlefield for you. And the battle orders on the back of this. Well, yeah, there's quite a few there. You can handle it. Mineral conditions are moist. Blah, blah, blah. LV hindrance of mist. Um, MP3 is not a desert board, so I guess it's, I thought it looked a little yellow, but it's not a desert board by this, this game. Overlay of a railroad, put a bunch of shell holes. Railroad's a dirt road. Hillocks are treated as level one hills. Okay, that's easy. Shell hole hexes and brush are soft ground. There's could be some bog in there. A road hex with a minefield or shell hole is considered clear. Just clarifies that with a trail break, blah, blah. Germans can use hip for squad. Okay, that's easy. Some assault engineers for the Germans and the Russians also get assault engineers and sappers, of course, with those victory condition options of clearing this stuff. Russian can place up to a total of three full strength, five eighth inch smoke counters during the game. Each must be placed at the start of the Russian prep fire phase. Looks good. Well, that's going to have great replayability, Tom. Good job designing that one. So that's some of the scenarios from the Nor'easter scenario pack two. Well, that wraps it up, I think, for this episode, Dave. We don't want to give away, well, not give away. We don't want to do too much. We got to dole these things out delicately. And 
Next show, I don't know, interviews or... Next show will be 270. We'll do it at... Uh, oh, we're going to have to do it like within a week. Uh, so maybe uh, next Monday we should plan on recording. Should we try to get an interview for next Monday? Could or do that other brevity assault game from that Advancy Fire group. Oh, um, okay. That'd be fine too. So, so thanks. 269, 270's coming up. Be careful. It'll be here before you know it. You bet. Hard to believe. Yeah. So roll low, everybody. And rally well, but not I when you're playing, playing us. us. Okay, don't do it. Bye-bye. Right. See you, Dave. Bye, Jeff.